and it's lights out, and away we go. Be racing in a scooter racing league. When I'm Charlie's grandpa, and I just wouldn't have thought. And here comes Sebastian Vettel. He's there connect with Lewis Hello and welcome to the Wouldn't Have Thought podcast. So, a bit of a different episode this week. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. We are filming on the Friday before the Austrian Grand Prix. My name is Charlie Griffin and today I'm joined by Mitch Parker. But in a slightly different circumstance, I'm quite drunk from a work party. So, don't take... uh, I think it's a great idea to take everything we say with a grain of salt because I am a little bit blasted. With that being said, welcome um austrian grand prix this weekend mitch how are you doing today i'm doing great and it's uh it's always good to know that you're doing your podcast late when arthur leclerc has already got pole for the formula three and we're just starting the recording now interesting arthur leclerc has gone pole in the f3 now this poses a very early question in the near future do we see arthur leclerc racing alongside charles leclerc in a ferrari no didn't thought didn't think so either Good to, good to establish that <laughs> So, moving on. Um, Friday afternoon, unfortunately last night, both of us were busy. We both have very busy working lives. Mitch at Big W and myself at a law firm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, cop that, mate. Sorry, that's a bit brutal, but obviously our different uh, uni studies lead us to down different paths. So, so um, what we're looking at, talking about tonight and today is unfortunately we have to turn down a very special guest tonight because of the manner. We were planning on doing this episode Saturday morning after um, Quali- the qualifying because yeah. this weekend's a very special weekend. It's a sprint race. So Austria Grand Prix this weekend where there is a qualifying on the Friday night, which is later on tonight or early this morning before the sprint race tomorrow afternoon on the Saturday and then on Sunday, finally, the proper F1 race. So tonight, we had to turn out as a very special guest because Saturday morning, unfortunately, Mitch had his work hours shifted. So that special guest will hopefully be able to hop on for our um, review of the Austrian Grand Prix this weekend instead of the preview. So Mitch, this weekend, what should we expect? Austria Grand Prix, it has a very, very strong history of being Red Bull's stomping ground. Mm-hmm. What should we expect from your perspective? A Red Bull... One two, yeah, okay. maybe not a one two. <laughs> I'd expect Max to be P one and then Charles to be P two. Okay, maybe so a Mercedes, but I doubt it because the track is very much not a. Well, it, actually, it does have some fast corners okay. uh, near the in sector three, but I would presume it's going to be Max, Charles, Sergio, Sergio, yeah, Checo, Sergio Perez, um, and, then and then Carlos, maybe or... maybe a Merck, and then Carlos. Merck? Okay, okay. So, as we will be discussing, discussing, sorry, not disgusting, wrong term there. Um, this track, it's obviously, it's called the Red Bull Ring, isn't it? Exactly. It has a history of being completely Red Bull dominated. And we saw, we saw last year that the Austrian Grand Prix was where Max got back-to-back wins by like 25 seconds, took the lead of the championship and, you know, really made... It clear that Red Bull were going to push Mercedes. Right they were going to, the to take the season deep. Yeah. They were going to take the season deep, and ultimately they did. And thanks to some very, very dodgy officiating by Michael Massey, they turned it around in the last race. So this weekend, Austria Grand Prix, which is it's it's questionable the decision to make it a sprint race because I, mean, I think I think there's two premises that it poses. It poses the premise that 
there's more opportunities for Red Bull to fuck it up mm-hmm. and for Mercedes and Ferrari. Really just Mercedes. Really just Ferrari. <laughs> Let's be real. Ferrari the only team, other team com- competing for the for the two championships this season. It gives them more opportunities to to for Red Bull to make mistakes and for them to pounce upon such mistakes and actually score some points. But then again, it op- obviously and opposingly, it poses more opportunities for Red Bull to score more points. Because this season, as we know, sprint races have become more valuable and more points have been awarded for wins and podiums within sprint races I think this year. our last sprint race we had was at Imola. And Imola, I'm pretty yeah. sure... Charles got pole and then just kind of held it. Um, yeah. I think the one person, Carlos had a really bad qualifying, but brought it back into P5 and, and then binned it. But anyway. Oh, are you kidding? I've uh, never seen that happen ever before. <laughs> <laughs> and who would have who thought that uh, Daniel Ricciardo would have been the one that binned yeah, it into him? No, exactly. And then what happened to Daniel the rest of the race? Uh, nothing. Nothing? I haven't seen that one before either. Wasn't that the one he won? Imola last year? No, that was Monza, mate. Monza. Imola Fuck. this year. Sorry, fellas, got the wrong Italian race, but it's all the same. Apologise me, I've had a few. I've had a few Beverageinos tonight. Um, um, I think the oh, reason sorry, just, a, just a plane going overhead. Should we wait for that one? And no, let good. them let sorry. them take it in. Let sorry, so we're so tonight. I should have disclaimed this before. We're actually filming at my house tonight instead of Mitch's, and unfortunately, I live in a close proximity to where planes. Uh, like to fly overhead so there may be a few breaks tonight in our podcast but anyway Mitch moving on as we were saying about the race um, I think they've added a sprint race to Austria because after last year they decided we actually need fans to watch this and not just watch yeah. qualifying yeah because it is a bit of a boring race with it given that qualifying always uh, produces a bit of interest but then when it comes to the race Red Bull have been so dominant when they've been able to produce a car that is competitive so um, I guess uh, we should probably just go into the we predictions. We should expect a whole lot of orange flares this weekend. A Absolutely. hell lot of orange flares. So, like you were saying, should we go into predictions? Now, I've got a, I've got a series of things that I want us to predict this weekend. Firstly, I think we should look at qualifying and predict our top three pole sitters. Or as in not pole sitters. Obviously, we're going to predict our pole sitter, but also who lands on P3 and P3 and P2 for qualifying this weekend. Mitch, do you want to go first? Uh, it's going to be Max, Charles, Sergio. Okay. So you do think that Charles will be able to de- defy the odds in a minute um, and I guess go it second? De- I guess it depends if Sergio's got pace. Because obviously, if you uh, don't watch qualifying as much and you just watch the races, mm. Sergio normally, well, last year, was a bit off in quali. So okay. you'd hope at the Red Bull ring that he uh, rocks Turns up. Turns it around. But um, I think Charles won't be quicker than Max just because how the cars are balanced and the, the yeah. setups. But I think it's going to be Red Bull, Ferrari, Red Bull, Ferrari. Okay, so you think Carlos is going to come before? Mate, is either going to be him or George? George, not Lewis? Because obviously it's difficult to base our predictions upon last week where we saw George get DQ'd in the first corner. And Joe turn into a Beyblade. Exactly. But based off prior performance, it would be wise to predict George to out-qualify Hamilton. But you do think that... Well, I, I just think Hamilton's history at this track is yeah. just... It, it's always... Um, poor? 
been like yeah behind someone. Yeah. Um, so he, I don't think he's ever put it on pole here, has he? No, I think no. it was uh, battery voltage. Yeah, battery fan, voltage, battery voltage. One of our great fans. Um, well, great, great mate. Good, good friend of the show. Battery I, voltage. I think he put it on pole. Eighteen uh, or seventeen? Eighteen. I think it might. Yeah. I think it might have been eighteen. Maybe. I don't. I don't think Hamilton's ever stuck it on pole at Austria, which oh, just shows the the Red Bull dominance at the track. But we, we're going to do a very very quick. Uh, Google search on Mitch's laptop just just to make sure because we're not 100% on that um, fact but from recent memory based upon my memory I don't think Lewis has ever had very much great success at this Austria Austria track okay so So, 2021 we saw Max Verstappen I'm assuming that says he was pole or is that saying that he he won the race uh, Valtteri was 2020. Po- yeah. Leclerc 2019. Is this, are you sure this is correct? Yeah, and then Valtteri. And then Valtteri in 2018 okay. and 2017. Okay. But in 20, 2016, and back 15. in the dominance, so 16 and 15. So, well, I mean, if we go, okay, yeah. So 2015, 2015, obviously Lewis won the Drivers' Championship. And he also, is this pole or the yeah, race win that was uh, I think Felipe Massa, I mean Williams. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. So Lou, uh, so Mitch here has actually got GP Racing Stats, the website up at the moment. And we're looking at the polls on Austria in the recent past. So we're just going to read them out very quickly. Could you go back to the bottom? Thank you, mate. So 2021, we saw Max Verstappen on pole and he eventually won that race, didn't he? Yeah. In 2020, we saw Valtteri Bottas on pole. And he won that race. Driving the Mercedes, and he also won the race. Charles in 2019, Leclerc. we saw Charles Leclerc. In 2018, we and saw... he came second there. He came second, Which he? is probably what's going to happen this way. And who won that race? Um, Can you remember? Sorry, my memory is not very good at the I moment. I believe that it I was think, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, I think it might Ooh, be... Oh, no, it might have been Max, actually. might have been Max Verstappen. I have happened. a feeling that so this that is was the, the year where Al- he, Lewis Hamilton used Alex Albon as an apex. That is actually a really good point. So we're currently talking about the 2019 Austrian Grand Prix. Um, this is obviously the year that Lewis Hamilton won. Yeah, Max. Max did win that Grand Prix. And then Valtteri, then Seb, then Lewis. So Lewis only landed P4 or P5? P5. P5 and we actually, in this Grand Prix, we but he seen... ultimately went on to win the World Drivers' Championship, the WDC for short. So can we go back to that website, please? Um, and we're just going to look at the other winners. So in 2019, as we remarked, Charles Leclerc went on pole, but ultimately lost that Grand Prix. Bottas in 2018 went pole, and, and then in 2017, yeah, he did DNF, didn't he? Yeah. 2017, Bottas on pole, and, and then in won. 2016 and 2015, Lewis Hamilton was pole. So, what this proves. But crucially, what this in crucially 2015, mm-hmm. Lewis was pole, mm-hmm. but didn't win. Didn't win. So, Lewis has only had one ever win here. We say one ever win, but that bloke has won so many fucking Grand Prix at every track on the fucking sun. He probably won 2018. But let's be real, we spoke about it last he week. Didn't. Max won 2018. Max did win 2018. And then Kimi P2. Kimi P2. P3. Jesus, he's not in the top five. Where no, is Magnussen he? was in top five. Where is he? Oh, that was a great, great result for Kimi Magnussen. Can we see the other results? Did he finish the race? Uh, looks like it was um, P16 outside of the points yeah I wow mean, Ricardo was 18th in a Red Bull Ricardo oh god we'll get to that a little bit later on but you already know our position on that based upon our prior episodes prior episodes sorry so this weekend obviously um, coming from a very based perspective upon Formula 1 it is expected that Verstappen should have a dominating weekend he should score a lot of points in the sprint race 
he should qualify well before that sprint race and then ultimately in the final and the proper feature race as they call it in f2 he should score well however lewis has shown pace here on pole and he's won a race as as mitch just said and I hate to say it, but it's tough to write off Valtteri Bottas. Three poles here. I know, in the Alfa Romeo, mate. In the Alfa Romeo, Alex Henschliff, our special guest last week, hinted at the fact that he expects Valtteri Bottas to have a good weekend. And looking at these prior results, I don't actually think that's too far-fetched. I think, I think it's uh, clear why he said that. Well, I mean, I don't think it's too far-fetched to expect him to have a good weekend and to outperform both Guan Yu Zhao and the Alpines. I mean... Alex Henschliff, or Henchy, as we so uh, lovely call him, he expected a good weekend from Valtteri Bottas in that he'd be the best of the rest, with the rest being everybody but the Ferrari drivers, the Red Bull drivers, and the Mercedes drivers. So it was expected for Valtteri to qualify around that P7, about that P7 I think mark. P6. I think it P6? Was, I Do think, you think Guang Yuzhou would be P7, P8. Wow, really? Yeah, he's had above the point. Alpines and above. Okay, well, Ocon's a bit. Ocon's a bit of a fraud at the moment. Uh, Ocon's had a really disappointing. I think, I think Fernando will be good. Yep. Um it's very tough to because t- it's it's the shortest track on the circuit in terms of time. Yeah. Um, I think Max got a one hundred and three. I'd expect a one hundred and five because we've lost about four seconds shorter track, maybe two seconds. Okay. Um, but I I think qualifying will be, I think whoever gets quality will win. Because we came back to this track in 2014 and we've had four pole winners in wow. eight years. That's a, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's getting to the point where it's really, really difficult at this track. It's, it's, it's called the Red Bull Ring. That is how it's affectionately mannered. Like everyone calls it the Red Bull Ring. Got the max ring. It's it's really difficult <laughs> this weekend to go against both the Red Bull drivers and most obviously the current WDC reigning champion and the current WDC leader Max Max Verstappen. Verstrap on Verstrap on yeah <laughs> Jesus Christ um but um, pole last year and I think he ended up with a race win last year didn't yeah. he Yeah it should be expected that he wins wins this year. But what, what's important though is if you look at the actual qualifying breakdown, yeah, they've all been under a tenth except for um, Charles Leclerc when he was behind twenty nineteen. Yeah, so it's expected that it's going to be a t- a very tight qualifying session tonight. This track being shorter in manner, it kind of it promotes such, doesn't it? Because because it's a shorter race, it provides less opportunities for people to fuck up and for people to make mistakes. And ultimately, I think tonight, the person who qualifies best is going to be the person in the best car who makes the least mistakes. And it is very, very hard to look past Max Verstappen. I think him not qualifying on pole tonight is very, very unlikely. So are you saying if Max doesn't win, if he doesn't come top two? Yeah, he should be extremely disappointed with his And will he win the race? I think it's like... I hate to be that person who goes, oh, well, this is the this is the, the odds that are paying best on the gambling sites. But based off prior knowledge, based off the current state of the standings of both the WDC and the constructors, it's extremely hard to look past Max Verstappen tonight. I'll find it very hard for him to both not qualify best for the sprint race and both not do the best in the sprint race. 
But the question arises, reliability issues this weekend. There is a lot of laps. Sprint race weekends, 70, there are a 63. lot of laps. Well, Austria, because it's a short lap race, there's a lot of laps. And like, as what I mean by that is that... 71. The, yeah, exactly. The is a Red Bull making it 71? Well, the thing is... Mate, you laps, might be in trouble. The laps are very short. Aston Martin, mate. Aston Martin. Good weekend for them or bad weekend for them? Uh, you could be ropes here. 71 laps. We could see some Ferrari So, so for those Red following Bull. along at home, I'm a Red Bull fan with, I, I like to say, a soft spot for Aston Martin. But what we're saying here is that it shouldn't be a good weekend for Aston Martin. Uh, but as we were saying, it's because the length of the laps are relatively short, there's a lot of laps this weekend. There's 71, it's a 71 lap race. And then you also have to consider the sprint race and then the qualifying session. A lot of laps will be completed this weekend, but the laps are relatively short. So it should be considered to be quite similar for those longer lap, uh, those shorter amount of lap weekends, which have longer lap periods, like, the, the laps go for a longer time and they're a longer distance. But with that being considered, um, going flat out, it should be relatively similar. Um, uh, my prediction is we'll see two safety cars. Two safety two. cars during the race or the sprint race? Uh, the race. The because, race, um, yep. There is... So for everyone that knows Austria, um, the turn one is kind of... It's a fast corner. You just take it in fourth. You wrap yep. it. You wrap it. Uh, Taken in fourth. Spoken two, like a true F1 uh, 2022 athlete, mate. Turn <laughs> two athlete. is the long uphill, yeah. um, very hard braking zone. Almost the infamous turner, yeah. isn't it? But then there's not really another DR. There's a DRS zone straight after turn two, which goes into the um, kind of... That's where Alex got hit. Yeah. Um, so we should see maybe a few gravel touches there. I think that happened to Sergio Perez last year with Charles I think it Leclerc. did too. I think you're right. But apart from that, there's not really any overtaking spots apart from turn two and turn So do you three. think we should expect a boring weekend or exactly. an exciting weekend? A boring um, weekend. Nicholas Latifi has one job this weekend. Yep, to finish the race? No, to make it exciting. To make it exciting. So you want him to pull what he did at Abu Dhabi last year and just bin the car to make things exciting? I think it'd be rude not to. After Q3, rude not to? Yeah, after, after Q3 performance last week i think it uh he'd be uh missing out <laughs> um but um but like you said so your podium as you formally stated i'm sorry we've completely segued there and completely avoided the point that i was meant to state my top three podium from the qualifying session you've said verstappen will qualify p1 leclerc will qualify, qualify sorry p2. p2 and checo perez in the other red bull car P3. finish P3. And I think that's what the podium will be as well. The podium also. Uh, so in my opinion, I don't think Leclerc is going to be able to find enough pace this weekend. I think Austria and that the Red Bull ring... so poorly it's tonight. obviously such a Red Bull route. Like the track is just... It just screams Red Bull. I think it's actually going to be a one-two. And I don't think... I backed Perez the last race, didn't I? I went a, bit, a little bit left field and I said that I think Perez will win the Silverstone Grand Prix. But this week, I don't think he'll perform to an extent that he lands himself on P1 and pod, uh, on, um, on pole position in qualifying. But I think he will be P2. And I also think that Max Verstappen, if he's able to keep a calm and level head and perform has, how he has been throughout the last two seasons... There is no excuse for him to not be on podium. Uh, be on, sorry, podium. I keep confusing that. On pole position. Max should, after tonight, be on pole position. And if he isn't, that is a failure for himself and Red Bull. 
He should be on pole position and in P2 should, and I say should, and I expect it to be Checo Perez. And then in P3, I expect it to be Charles Leclerc. Mate, if they have a nightmare tonight... It's going to be... It's not going to make me look very good. But like I've said, that is that is my expectation. That is what I think they should result yep. in. I think based on the season he's had and the season in prior, last season, 2021, mm-hmm. Max should, and he has no excuse except for reliability issues or a car failure, which is out of his fault... He should be on pole tonight for the sprint race tomorrow. And if he isn't, that is a failure. Yeah. So I'm expecting Max, Checo, Charles, and the rest of them, I don't give a fuck. Whoever um, lands wherever, I don't give a fuck. So I think if Charles Leclerc manages to pull off this weekend and win it, that is going, go- into, think, going into France. Look, 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 look. I'm a Red Bull fan. I've made it very clear from day one I'm a Red Bull fan. But if Charles wins this weekend... I will not complain if that makes the WDC fight a little bit more interesting. Because I want Max to win, obviously, as a Red Bull fan, and that is just goes hand-in-hand hand with that. But if this competition and this fight for the championship is more exciting, I'll be happy. I think I'd want that more than a very clear runaway. You know what I mean? Good chat. <laughs> exactly, mate. You've, yeah. you've, you've had it all covered. So from that, we can clearly conclude we both made our... Predictions for the qualifying. I mean, I say qualifying with abbreviations because it's a, it's a strange qualifying, isn't it? It's a qualifying for the sprint race. And then the sprint the race placement is a in the sprint race ultimately deduces and gives you your position in the actual race on the Sunday night for us. I say Sunday night because of the time zone differences. But I think the qualifying and then the sprint race results shouldn't be too much different. What do you think? No, I don't imagine unless there is a I think in the top, incident in the sprint race which yeah. could cause a safety car. Yeah, exactly. I don't think the top or a pit stop failure. The top three or four should not be affected. I'm oh, sorry. There's the plane coming across again. the The top three, three sorry, top three to the top four should not be affected by the sprint race. So we expect the top the three to for qualifying should not be any more different from the top three that arises through the sprint race. But, like you were saying, the midfield should be affected. And I think that's why we have sprint races, to sort out who is actually the quickest in the so midfield. Who's got the race pace? And I hate to say it, Fernando Alonso. Uh, I hate to say it as well. Um, if we see Daniel Ricciardo put oh that in God. Q3, put it in Q3 tonight, how as he should. Been, how long have we been recording? Uh, 22, 22 minutes. Once again, we've spent this much time rambling about other facts just so we can af- just avoid... Daniel Ricciardo and Ferrari. But like you were saying, Daniel Ricciardo he, has to be mentioned. We've had some interesting and some more information come about come out about him and his relationship and his future with McLaren. So um just to highlight, if Daniel Ricciardo makes it into Q three, I predict him to drop down in the sprint race and then have a bad race and really? not finish in the points. Well, I don't think this race genuinely or I guess, really considerably suits McLaren and their race style. I don't see them performing well in a sprint race and then further from that, performing well within the race on this track. So I think if they, even if they have a great qualifying session tonight and Lando and Ricardo both find themselves competing within Q3 or even like 
on the top end of Q2. From there, I do not see them doing well in the race on Sunday night. I think um, their biggest rivals are going to absolutely smack them up. So when we say Alpine. their biggest rivals, we're saying Alpine. Dishplay, dishplay, they're, they're dishplay, dish dish racing. <laughs> the dishplay back have, wing. They're gonna have the fastest first sector um, because of that big straight. Uh, I, that's what I expect. But Daniel Ricciardo has been told that his future is not a concern by Zach Brown. Yes, yeah, so this actually came out this afternoon, which is really interesting. So you want to? Comp- um, I'm gonna go from the perspective of most F1 fans. Okay, go on. Um, why? Why? Okay, so McLaren are in a stage where they could easily be with Mercedes the way Lando is performing. Yeah, they could move on. But they're being sold by Daniel Ricciardo. So instead of, you know, like deciding, you know, we've had two years with you, let's maybe not anymore. Let's jog on, let Ricciardo go and take on a junior driver or a senior driver who has had proven results in the in the past. I think everyone wanted like to Ricardo was meant to have. I mean Ricardo was meant to have those proven results in the past. And I mean, from that um article that's come out, Zach Brown said he kind of like clearly said, like he's he said it in future like past sorry not future, past particles about how when given a good car, Ricardo has proven that he's a race winner. This was shown at Imola last year. Monza. How I've done that twice tonight, haven't I? I'm so yeah. sorry. Monza, sorry, last year, he can provide results. But the fact of the matter is, A, he's not been given a good enough car for him to provide those results as he was able to do at Monza last year and as he was able to do in the, in the Red Bull years ago. Secondly, or B, you're not fucking giving him that car. Exactly. I mean, you can stick with him however long you want and just expect to provide him a good enough car for him to give those results. But the fact of the matter is, last year, I don't even think that car was that fucking good that he got got that result in. um, They were just blessed by a good couple of DNFs and a great couple of safety cars, which ultimately didn't gift him the win, but it provided the opportunity and the potential for him to give that, like, give himself the position, like, give himself the opportunity to provide that win. This year... The car's not good enough. Lando can't even fucking stick a podium. Like he got one. He got Imola. one with the sprint race. So that exactly. Is so no, that's a great point, isn't it? The sprint race this season was an opportunity for Lando to give that result. So do we expect a Lando podium this weekend? No. No. But if he's ever going to do it, it's with a sprint race. Earlier this season, he proved his pace through the sprint race, which was obviously a great result for him and McLaren. But Le- fucking Danny Rick has been. He's not. He's been struggling, hasn't he? So, um, Lando. Here, we're just looking. Year, sorry, we're just looking at the results from had last 160 year. One hundred and sixty points to Daniel's one hundred and fifteen. So that's a forty-five. Around that. Maths is not my strong point. When I've had a few drinks, I apologise. Yeah, that's forty-five. Great maths. At the moment. At the moment. It is fifty-eight. Okay, so that's a thirty-eight thir- points. Thirteen point- Oh wow. So that's actually that's actually dead similar to last season. Now the the interesting thing is when everyone saw that Daniel had signed for McLaren, everyone was expecting him to outscore Lando. Lando had had a few like I'd say got a bit of a ringer there, mate. Um, He'd had a I wouldn't say an amazing, but he had a good or mediocre couple of seasons. His his um, introductory seasons into F one at McLaren. He'd provided pretty decent results, but nothing to set the world on fire. So everyone expected Daniel, after having a pr- couple of 
pretty average seasons at Renault to move to McLaren and finally meet his potential. But that hasn't been the case, has it? You know what's interesting, though? I mean, hit me. the the latter part of his time at Renault was Mm. getting better. It was, but then... What if he stayed at Alpine? But the thing is, we say that, and... He would have won a race, but... No, no, but when he left, Alonso replaced him, didn't he? Yeah. Alonso's been good, but his results... I don't think he's stuck a podium there, has he yet? Uh, He has. He has? He's stuck too. Well, I'll go get fucked. Anyway, his results have been very similar to what Daniel Ricciardo was achieving. So, I think... (laughs) <laughs> that's excellent sorry we're just looking at Twitter and we've seen a Battery Voltas uh, Twitter page sorry for the um, uh, the undescribable laugher, laughter sorry but as we were saying um, I don't think Ricardo or Alonso would have achieved relatively amazing results out of that Alpine car in the season after Ricardo left so in that season that Ricardo left if he stayed I don't think any of the results he would have achieved would have been any better than the results that Alonso was able to achieve. And further to that point, upon leaving Alpine, and oh well, it was Renault at the time, but it's now moved into Alpine. Upon leaving Renault and joining McLaren, I think the results, as in the win that Ricardo has been able to well supply and achieve in that McLaren, are, is and was better than anything he would have been able to achieve at the Alpine. And I think because the Alpine and McLaren car have been so similar this year, I think performance-wise they're, they're very similar, but um, Lando has been able to get more out of the car than Alonso and Esteban Ocon have. I don't think it would have made much difference whether Alonso or Ricardo was in that car. What do you think? Um, I think it's... Definitely something to think about because mm. this year he'd be having a much better year. I think Alpine last year had a lot of P4s, P5s in quality, but they, they just didn't, they, yeah, they didn't have it the thing. race. They were really struggling they were really to convert. Weird. They, they were weird. They were yeah. struggling to convert. They were so in great pace, which got a lot of people excited, especially a lot of French people. Um, but it was that inability to convert that left a lot of people disappointed and frustrated. So I think, I guess, McLaren's consistency in which... I say consistency, but when I say consistency, I mean the consistency that Lando was able to achieve and not Ricardo. The consistency to be Ricardo in the last two years, his qualifying has been fucking dreadful. His race pace has been... I actually actually don't think I've seen a highlight of Ricardo making an overtake. In that Monza win, that was gifted. Oh, he's left a lot to be desired. And I think it's... It can be said undisputably that he's lost his edge. And I guess it's been frustrating to watch. But moving on, as we said, Zach Brown has he's come out and said that they're going to back the Australian. They're going to back Ricardo, And it kind of seems that he's going to be at McLaren and he should expect an... Well, should we expect a... Um, extended contract there? Well, he's, he's already got a contract until the end of next season. I think... The interesting thing is, is he's just basically saying we're not going to get rid of him. Yeah. But um, which I think was. Are we going to be having the same conversation? I don't know. Next season or the next after mid season (laughs) break? Because a lot of people were saying that Sebastian Vettel should have got that McLaren seat. I I I don't. I don't see it. I don't like that point, but I understand why people would be raising it. Because obviously Gasly signed. I don't understand the point, but I understand why people would be raising it. But as you just said, then, um, extending. I think it's. I think it might be good, 
And I think it might give Ricardo a bit more confidence in the thought that, like, every weekend he's not racing to save his career. If Zach Brown and McLaren have come out and said, Daniel, we're going to make this clear and as unambiguous to the public as possible, we are going to hold on to you. We have faith in you and we expect you to race for the next few seasons. I think the way he raced, it won't change, but he'll be a lot more comfortable. Sorry, we just have another plane flying overhead. Um, I expect, I really expect Ricardo to race in a, a more casual and a more confident manner now that he knows he has the backing. He's not racing for his career anymore. He's racing to get points, but he's not racing with the, with the thought that like, shit, if I don't get results in these next three races, I might never race in an F1 car again. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I think it's important, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they backflip on it. If this was just like, not a marketing, but a, a, psych, a psychological idea. And you know what? Speaking of psychological ideologies, I really wanted to speak about what Helmut Marko has come out and said about Yuki Tsunoda. Um, this disappoints me. Um, so for those who haven't followed along at home, Helmut Marko has come out and labelled Yuki Tsunoda, obviously the Alpha Tauri driver, as Red Bull, as they obviously Red Bull second team, as a problem child. Um, this really, really disappoints me because I think mental health without any sports should be considered and kept as the highest priority. And I think coming out and saying, I think they literally, Helmut Marko literally referred to Yuki Tsunoda as the problem child. And they said they've, so, sorry, what I've failed, I've neglected to state, is they've hired a, um, they've hired a psychologist, sorry, a psychologist, Jesus, the drinks are kicking in, a psychologist to speak to Yuki Tsunoda because of how he's been swearing and abusing his engineers and people on the other end of the radio. I think it's completely... I don't think that's something that should be out in the... I don't think that's something that should be out in the media. If you move and you make a move to hire a psychologist to improve the mental and the, the psychological performance of a driver, in any sport, that shouldn't be broadcasted to the public. What do you reckon? Like, that's just brutal. Like... How would that be helping Yuki Tsunoda's mind space to know that his team hates how he thinks and how he acts in a psychological and like a mental manner, but they hire something for him? Like that, that just feels brutal to me. What uh, do you think, I Mitch? guess it's, uh, we, we saw a lot of the Yuki slander last year after Imola when he binned it. Yeah, and when, he had a, he, well, when he was in a good position and he went too hard. And he, um, we've seen another, another plane. Um, we've seen a few times that... Sorry, it's not great to live in North Adelaide, is it? The plane's going over like psycho. Um, it's, it's clear that Yuki last season struggled, but then we saw in the later stage that he was really flourishing. And I think it just, it ruins driver's confidence. And a lot of people have said that the abuse Yuki yeah. has received is nothing. Like, it should not be happening because it's, it's, Zhou Guan Yu in like, sort of like the same. I don't think it's equivalent to the results he's providing. Like, exactly. I think coming out of F2, everyone kind of, it was kind of understood within the F1 media and as F1 fans that Yuki Tsunoda was this F2 talent that like supplied and displayed great pace, but at a cost because he was a bit of a hothead. He was sweary and he got a little bit heated after races. 
But the way they've been treating him in the media, it's just fucking brutal. Like, in no, no world should you be saying to the media and to the general public, oh yeah, you know, Yuki, he's been good, but we've got a psychologist because he's a bit of a problem child. Like, that, that is no good for his confidence as both a person and a driver. I don't... I, that really pisses me uh, off. So I've got, um, I've got an article that I'm going to... I'm so going this has come to come through Fox re- Sports, but it's read. through F1. Um, so Sonoda said, and he this is Sonoda speaking about what has just come out. He said, they hired a new psychologist trainer from four races ago. He said, I don't know if, it currently, if currently it's working out. If it's working well, I think maybe I wouldn't have crashed. But I have to take it a bit more time because he has to understand more about myself and we have to understand what direction we have to take. I think definitely one of the limitations is that I start to get overheated, especially my brain in the car. But if I was, but I was in, I was in some situation that makes it slightly better. But I know that I have to improve myself, those parts to have more consistency. So hopefully the new trainer will work well and we can work well from the future. Yeah. Interesting. I Yuki mean, had a trainer in F2 yeah. and they've changed it. Okay. So, I think what we can establish from that point is Formula One, like a lot of sports which are completely mental, Formula One is a completely mental sport. It doesn't matter if you are a great racer and you can make amazing overtakes. If you're, if you're like mindset and mentally you're not in the right place, you're not going to race well. But once again, I don't, I think that should be something that should be kept internal. I don't understand and I don't. I don't think they should have made this hiring and this implementation of a psychologist public. I mean, it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem necessary and it just doesn't seem good or proper for Yuki for his confidence. I I really like Yuki. I really like Harry Races and I think he's got amazing potential. Like his raw speed and his raw talent is amazing, but I just don't I don't think it's a good idea for them to make all this psychologist an internal Things that should be kept internal, external, and public. It just it's, doesn't, what it doesn't it's, seem right for what me. What it's doing is, I know we have, um, Charlie and I disagree on this quite a bit, but mm. I believe that Yuki is not racing next year, and I believe Liam Lawson is. Oh, and and okay, I think right. I think that um, it's just starting to paint him in the bad light, so when they hire Liam, no one... Sorry, minus the Labashane just made 104. This is a great day for Australian cricket. Moving on, Formula 1. Um, <laughs> I just think they're doing this on purpose to try and put him think, in a bad light. Do line. you think it's to put a fire in his belly to make him race better? Yeah. Or is it to paint him in a negative light so they have an excuse to sign Liam Lawson? Do you know what Lawson? they need to do? They need to put Liam Lawson in a practice session. I, I agree. And see what that does to Yuki. Because they're doing I that think, with Alpine next week. I think Piastri's getting one. I think that's a really interesting... This whole making public this employment of a psychologist, it raises two questions. Are they doing this to fire Yuki up? Or are they doing this to make an excuse and to cement and give backing behind their reason to drop Yuki next year and hire and start have Liam Lawson racing in Formula One for AlphaTauri? It's it's something that we obviously won't know until the season's end. But either way, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for Yuki. I think the only way he's going to get better is if he's backed by AlphaTauri and he's backed by the Red Bull Academy. Otherwise, and he he's not. And that's the thing. Like, I think... It's clear that Liam Lawson will be driving an AlphaTauri either next year or the year after. 
Yeah, it's brutal, dude. It's fucking brutal. I'm yep. not, I, I don't think it's a good a good position for AlphaTauri or Yuki Tsunoda as a racing to, as a as a racer to be in. I just don't like it. Speaking of controversy, before Charlie becomes very heated about Red Bull. Sorry, I know I've, I've I know I've gone on about that for a bit, but it is making me really frustrated because I don't think it's good for both racing and for drivers' mental health in a sense. Um, so on, yeah, sorry. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy about the Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton going neck and side by side. And I think so, so. We spoke about this on our last episode, speaking about what Lewis came out and said about how respectful and correct <laughs> Leclerc's driving was, and obviously referring to last year's incident where Hamilton completely knocked Verstappen yeah. off the track and then got penalised for such. But yes, so um, obviously so he's come out with t- further points. So Tomo F1, who's quite popular within the media... And a has, very good bloke. ...has said, Leclerc took the corner assuming one of two things. Lewis hits the apex or backs out. If Lewis had taken the 2021 line... They would have crashed, surely. Silverstone mm. 21 is still on Lewis for me, but no doubt Max was guilty of overstepping the mark more frequently last year. And then a lot of people in the comments who are Lewis fans were like, you know, fuel load, fuel load, tyres were cold. He's come and said, fuel load arguably never made sense to me. You're responsible for your own car, which is true. If you've got cold tyres, you've got to fix that. High fuel and everything. You know the car is going to handle differently and you're responsible to, to adapting. So Lewis to come out and say that is bullshit because Lewis is the one who didn't take the apex. And I think Max came out and um, said, fired back at him. Like we've said, I think Lewis is he's trying to ignite this rivalry between himself and Max. But it's got to the point where it's like, Lewis, mate, I really hate to say it, but you've gotten too slow. Mercedes is too slow for that I don't think we can be. I don't, I don't think we can be saying think, that after last week. No, but I think Lewis has been replaced by Leclerc. I hate to say it. In the last couple of years, the rivalry that's existed, Lewis has obviously been so incredibly dominant until last year, which obviously, arguably, you could say he was robbed of the robbed of the WDC. But the rivalry that has arisen in the last two, I mean, at a stretch three, is Lewis versus Verstappen. But it's come to the point where Ferrari, they've finally got their shit together and that rivalry just might be Leclerc versus Verstappen. The best part about this podcast is we can look back at this and see when Mercedes bring a car next year that's quicker. Exactly. So in hindsight, we're going to look like probably, we're probably going to look like fucking fools. And you know, we can clip this right now and look back on it and we're going to be dickheads. But I don't think, I just, I just don't think that they've, they've, I think... That, Ham- that statement from Hamilton is just a bit far-fetched and a bit idiotic. Like, he's gone a bit too far. Like, he just doesn't... It's. I think he's got to accept the fact he's not going to be competing for it this year. He can chat all the shit he wants about Verstappen last year, but that doesn't mean anything... Um, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, that season's gone and done, and he's just going to focus on this year and the results he can get, which, at the moment, it doesn't look like it's going to be results that are competing for the WDC. But obviously, that's a lot to talk about. Um, Verstappen, uh, Hamilton saying that he wasn't for blame for the crash last year, and then obviously saying how Leclerc was a better driver than Hamilton, not Hamilton, sorry, Verstappen, this year because he's more respectful around that cop's corner. But at the end of the day, it's seven WDCs. Verstappen does have one now. Um, <laughs> and moving forward, Verstappen's more of a sniff to get more. 
then Hamilton ever is of getting more. So whilst that plane flies over our head in a short uh, break, I saw a, and I sent a video to our Formula One group chat, and uh, yes, it was yes. quite interesting. It's it was a TikTok of someone pretty. I know TikToks like don't trust it, but TikTok it's just as good as Twitter with the um, F one take. I think I think it, I think it'd be worse. I think F one's normally quite reliable with Formula One, it's not in not, other sports. It's not so. very trustworthy though, is it? Really? No. So anyway, moving on. This one said how I think everyone would go if they were in different cars. It had Max winning at Ferrari, winning at Red Bull, coming second at Mac- at Mercedes, fourth at McLaren, and, and so on, so on. Had Lewis. First at uh, so, Red Bull. So just for a bit of clarification, what this video said, it was this person's predictions for where drivers would finish in the WDC if they were driving in different machinery. So what it was saying that Max, if he was in, what was it? Was If he was in a Red Bull or a Red, a Red Bull or a Ferrari driving one of those two cars, he would win the WDC. And then saying that he'd finish second? Yeah, Mercedes? second in a Mercedes with this year's and car. then alternatively, he referred to Leclerc and said that if Leclerc was driving... A Red Bull? A Red Bull? He'd come... He'd come second? No, it was Vettel. It was Vettel. Vettel, it was... Vettel sorry, wouldn't... Oh, sorry. It would, so it was talking about if Vettel was driving in a Red Bull this in a Mercedes... Sorry, fucking hell. If Sebastian Vettel had not been dropped off dropped by Ferrari and was still driving in a Ferrari this year, they would expect for him to finish like, what was it, like third? So, so they would not predict Vettel to win any World Drivers Championship no matter the team he was at. Wow, yeah. And I think that's fair. I think he's lost the edge. He's gotten too old. Vettel should be celebrated for his dominance in the early 2010s and, well, the late 2000s, but it's, he's gone too far. It's, it's behind him now. I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. Um, and then I brought the question in, you know, if Charles Leclerc was at Red Bull, because, uh, you know, like if that happened, would Leclerc be like other Red Bull drivers of late, where it's 0.3, I think? That was the gap between Gasly, Albon, and... Yep, bingo. Uh, Ricardo was a bit different. Um, would Charles win at Red Bull? Mm-hmm. And how would he perform at Mercedes and that? And we came to the idea that Max Verstappen, we believe, is the best driver on the grid at the moment. I said, I think Charles is the fastest, but that doesn't mean he is the best. No, because a lot of it, obviously, as everyone knows, as Formula One fans, it all has a lot to do with, with the, the quality race. of your machinery, the quality of the, like where you're racing, and ultimately, what car you're in and who you are. I mean... The thing is, if you stick Max in a Williams driving at fucking Silverstone, doesn't matter how good of a racer he is, he's probably not going to provide you points. That's just how it is. So what you're saying is Latifi just missing out is unequal to Max Verstappen? Oh, jog on, <laughs> Um But it is an interesting topic, and you know, I'd love um, to see Sebastian Vettel go back to... You know, he's, he's Ferrari at yeah. 2023. I think, I think that's, Carlos, all, behind, that's but, all behind him. Yeah. If he's going to be driving in a Ferrari-powered team, it's going to be Haas. But further to the point, and what we've been talking about, we've obviously been completely and entirely segued. We've been ranting. <laughs> our first conversation was about our, who we, our expected results from the sprint race. Not the sprint race, the qualifying for the sprint race tonight. So I think now we should say our, our expected sprint race results. Mitch? 
Um, I said before that I expect it to be exact same as exact your... same throughout the whole weekend. The front three. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I'm so going you, for. You a... expect Max to be followed yeah. by Leclerc to be followed by Perez. But I think top three. my my prediction is that in the sprint race, I will see a team like AlphaTauri, Aston Martin. Haas or or Alfa Romeo to get a driver into the top six. Well, like you said, we looked at the former, like the the last couple of years and their results and Alfa Romeo, not Alfa Romeo, sorry, but Valtteri Bottas, who is now driving for Alfa Romeo, he's been fucking electric. He loves this track and I I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls off a good result. And I think Henchy, our special guest from last week, I don't think his prediction is too far off. But... To further to my point, I actually expect one of the top four drivers, which are Max, Charles Leclerc, Checo Perez, and Carlos Sainz, I will not be surprised, and I expect for one of them to have a car failure or a engine issue this weekend. I don't think one of those top four finished this weekend. And I know that's a bit scandalous, and it shouldn't be expected, but, you know, last week I had a good I had a good call with the six drivers to not finish and George to not finish. So I'm going to go for it again this weekend. I don't think one of those top four are going to finish. And if I could pick any of them not to finish, I think it's going to be... Carlos Checo. Sainz. No, I've gone Checo. Oh, that's I think a Checo. I think Checo, it's not going to be his fault, but I don't think he's going to finish. And I hope I'm wrong, because I'm a Red Bull fan, and I fucking love Checo Paris to bits. But I won't be surprised that happens this weekend, in all honesty. Um, my so drivers to look for? Drivers to look for this weekend. So this is regarding to who you think, outside of the regular top 15, not top 15, sorry, the top five, top, top 10-ish. Top, top five. Who do you think is going to have a good weekend? I think, uh, look for Alex Albon. I mean, the, Albon. Guy, the guy's been kicked around this track like a He's, soccer ball. Mate, he had a tough weekend last week. He got rocked around, ended up in hospital for crying out loud. Um, but I think look for Albon. I'd also say look for Zhou Guanyu to see if he has a, not if he has a good weekend, but to see how he bounces back. Yeah. Um, and the other one, let's see if Mick Schumacher, actually, I'm going to change it. Backs it up. Daniel Ricciardo. Danny Rick. Yeah. Well, we've said this every episode of this podcast. We've said, oh, Danny Rick's going to have a good weekend this weekend. Danny Rick's back on. And to be perfectly honest, he's been pretty fucking disappointing. I'd love that to happen. I'd really love for him to have a good weekend. I think even if he has a bad weekend, Daniel Ricciardo this week is someone you want to be watching to yeah. see how he goes. Yeah. Because obviously think, a Silverstone th- nightmare was last week. Well, I think I think this this track, this circuit, it's good for McLaren. Like it suits their race style. It suits it suits what has been the performance for their car. Like it's it's similar to the other tracks that they've been able to perform in this year. I think if they don't perform, they'll be disappointed because it's a good opportunity for them. And if Danny Rick misses out, which should probably be expected, Lando shouldn't. So you think... I think McLaren, McLaren should have a good weekend. But with that being said, I expect Valtteri Bottas, like Henchy said last week, based on his prior performance where he's won races here or like achieved very good results in both the qualifying and the races, he should have a good weekend. And I hope he does because I love his work. So... We've just got a few predictions um, So from some people that listen to the show. If you have any predictions, send us through on WAFPod yep, uh, sure. down into the Instagram. Both hit if up our email or our Instagram, whatever in. works. Yeah, if you've played this this far. Might have to do a up. post for that one. Yeah, um, Jesus. But one of our fans has said Ricardo or Ricard Goat for points. 
I, I, I think if there's any... Like, I mean, we said this last weekend, didn't we? I think Silverstone and both Austria, they're good races for McLaren. And if they're going to pull out good results, it's got to be these two weekends to give them the momentum to perform well in the back half of this season. But I don't. I think if McLaren don't, if they don't get a good result this weekend, they're shooting themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to gaining momentum for the rest of this season. So I think, I think it's probably a good time to finish up almost here and talk about what we expect for this weekend and and conclude this episode. But I think you and I both concede the fact that we don't expect Red Bull to underperform this weekend. They should have a good weekend. Everything and every possible like media speculation, their results and everything, it it hints to them having a good weekend. So another prediction One, has come through. Um Oh my god, here we go again. Max for strap on, load the load the win. Load him to win. And honestly, Austria Grand Prix is literally fucking called the Red Bull Ring. They should win this weekend. And if they don't, they should be disappointed. Um, like you said, you expect Leclerc to perform well. I expect Leclerc to be on the podium, but not in P2, but B3. Oh, interesting. I think I think we both agreed that Verstappen should land on the podium. You think Leclerc P2. I yeah. think Perez P2. You think um, Perez P3. I think Leclerc P3. So we've got actually a new segue for the podcast. Just to finish it off, we're going to do it each week. And I'm going to tell Charlie a driver... Uh, and oh, he's going to tell me, this. and you're going to tell me whether, and we're going to do it in our way, you would have thought or you wouldn't have thought. Okay. Wouldn't have thought means well, shit I weekend. Think is, I think this would is a good thought. idea to live up to the name of the podcast. You know, obviously um, wouldn't have thought or would have right. thought. So starting from the back. Yep. Nicholas Latifi. Wouldn't have thought. Shit weekend ahead. Lance Stroll. Wouldn't have thought. Shit weekend. Alex Albon. You know what? I'm going to go would have thought. I think he'll actually have a decent weekend. Mick Schumacher. Would have thought. I think he's going to back it up. I think he's going to be either low points or just outside of the points. Joe. Wouldn't have thought. He's going to be rattled still. Yuki. Wouldn't have thought. Daniel. Wouldn't have thought. Sorry. Uh, it pains me to say that as an Australian, but wouldn't have thought. Sebastian Vettel. It pains me. <laughs> as an Aston Martin. Not a fan, but someone who has a soft spot for Aston Martin. Wouldn't have thought. Uh, Kevin Magnussen. Would have thought. I actually think Hass is going to have a strong weekend. Pierre Gasly. Wouldn't have thought. A, really? A car fucking sucks. It? But even at but it's an it's an it's Red, a Bull. Red Bull weekend. Yeah, I nah. think would have. thought. I think I think he's still going to be outside of the points. What do you think? Wouldn't have thought. I thought would have thought. You think he's going to have a good weekend? Fernando Alonso would have thought. I, I fucking love him in that Alpine. It makes me so happy. Ocon wouldn't have thought. I think I, it smells a like a crash. It smells. It, it does. I think he's been too good lately. I think he's yeah. due a crash. And he's to lower himself down. Uh, Valtteri Bottas would, would have, have thought. thought this is his weekend I'm telling you right now if he doesn't perform this weekend I understand why Mercedes fans were hating him last year Lando wouldn't have thought I don't think he's going to have a great weekend I think he'll still score points but it's not going to be high points Lewis would have thought I think you have a good weekend George Russell ooh interesting after the I last think week would have thought I think he's going to bounce back well he's going to have pressure though but yeah but I think he'll bounce back well Carlos I wouldn't have thought. I think he's gonna have less way, pressures though. He's gonna. Have, I think he's gonna go back to his normal ways of not being competitive. He's gonna go down. Sergio Perez would have thought. thought. Max Verstappen would have thought. Fucking ten times would have thought. This is his weekend. And uh, our last one, out of all the teams, what is the wouldn't have thought this week, and what is the would have thought? Okay, so the wouldn't have thought for this weekend. Aston Martin. No, I'm actually gonna go a little bit like 
a bit of a far left call here. I'm gonna go as I'm gonna go, no sorry not Aston Martin. I'm gonna go AlphaTauri. It's there. It's technically it's not their home race, but it's Red Bull's home race. So they're obviously affiliated to and have the power engine of. I think they're gonna have a disappointing weekend. I don't think Yuki's gonna show up, and I hope uh, not hope. I don't think Pierre is either. I really hope they perform. And I hope this is the weekend that they turn around their season, which has been disappointing because, as Henchy said last week, they've been on an incline. They've been positive, but they've kind of, this weekend, it's been, this year, it's been on a decline. I hope this weekend they turn it around, but I just I don't see it happening. My would have my would have thought, it's obviously a very safe option, but Red Bull. Yep. Everything, everything hints towards them having a good weekend. Mitch, to finish this podcast, in this episode... Your wouldn't have thought and your would have thought. My wouldn't have thought is McLaren. Mc- really? Yeah. And my would have thought is Haas. Haas. And uh, we're going to leave that and we're going okay. to let that sink in. We'll be back with everybody next week. It's going to be a bit of a later episode because I'm actually going away. But we'll be back with our review. Of and then our prediction might, might be a prediction. It might, it might be a, a double. It might be a prediction because we've got like a triple race weekend. Haven't I think we've got the French Grand Prix. Oscar Piastri in the uh, testing. Oh, come on, mate. So... Thank you, everyone, for listening. Obviously, a bit of a longer episode today. But as you said, we expect a dominant Red Bull weekend. Um, we'll be back a little bit later next week. But thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been the WAF Pod uh, from Mitch and I. Thank you for listening. Cheers.